happy to have the first part of this sermon. So let me just quickly say, Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of this old heart be acceptable in thy sight. We just want to be acceptable and receive, O oh Lord. You are our strength and redeemer. We want to do what you have required that we do, not for form, not for fashion, but to give your name glory. In Jesus' name we pray and we say amen. I am reminded of a story uh, where there was a flood coming and people were alerted to evacuate and this one lady decided uh, in her heart that she said if God really loved her he would save her from the flood mm -hmm. oh yeah she thought that uh, that was the, the right frame of mind to be in so she climbs up on the roof of her apartment mm -hmm. and she waits uh, right. and, and so the flood waters rise past the eye to dangerous levels and and a, a rescue helicopter comes and flies over. Mm -hmm. and, and the man yells out to her, says, uh, we are here to save you. Mm -hmm. uh, to which the woman stubbornly replies, oh, that's okay. I'm waiting for God to save me. Uh, mm -hmm. And so the people in the helicopter, they try hard uh, to, to get the woman to just come on, get in the helicopter. She is so stubborn. She is waiting for God to save her. So they decide we're going to just fly off and we're going to go and help somebody else. Uh, I'm sure they probably were saying maybe somebody else got a little better sense than she does. I don't know what they were thinking at the time. Anyhow, the floodwaters got even higher. and uh, So then a boat drives up by her building and the people inside the boat passed. I started to tell her uh, they said, you better come on and get in this boat because we, we are here to save you. And, and she told them the same old stubborn thing. She said, I'm waiting on God to save me. Jesus. Uh, and so they kept pleading with her and pleading with her. Uh, but then after a while, they just gave up and they drove on off. So, so now you got the flood waters rising almost to the top of the building that she lived in. And then finally another boat drives up, and, and it was not just a boat, but it was a big, expensive yacht with plenty of room all in it. Uh, she could sleep in it if she wanted to. And, and, and so the people on the yacht were saying, this is your last opportunity. Get in this boat. Uh, and and, and uh, they said, you know, we got plenty of room. We can, you can sleep, you can, you can eat, you can do whatever, but you need to get in this boat because this is your last opportunity. And, and she yelled back like she always had, I'm waiting on God to save me. So they realized that nothing could be done for her, so they shake their heads and they drive on off uh, like the other would-be rescuers did. And so later the flood waters got way too high, and of course the lady got swept away by the currents. And she drowned. Now that's the bad news. The good news is that she went to heaven. And as soon as she got to the pearly gates of heaven, she began complaining to St. Peter about her treatment by the Almighty. 
And she had nerve to complain about what God was doing. And so then St. Peter, just like uh, Judy would be uh, telling things out clear and in front of the everybody, he said, uh, uh, I, I wish the lady was talking about, I, I waited for God to save me, but he didn't. Didn't God say in Isaiah 40 and 31 that we needed to wait on God? And I waited and I waited, but God didn't save me. And so Peter frowned up and he said to her, well, what do you expect? I want you to talk to the hand because you did wait on God, but you didn't like the solution. God sent you not one, but two boats. And one of them was a big yacht, one a regular boat. And he also sent you a helicopter to rescue you. So what are you complaining about? And the moral of this story is that we not just wait on him, but trust his providence at the same time. Trust his providence at the same time. And so the Message Bible takes our scriptures today and, he, and it says, he energizes those who get tired. Mm -hmm. He gives fresh strength to dropouts. Uh -oh. Anybody know about dropouts? Mm -hmm. And the Amplified Translation says he gives power to the faint and, and the weary and to him who has no might. Yeah. He increases strength, causing it to multiply and making it abound. So in this coronavirus environment, we want to talk to you from the subject we've just got to wait. And that's all. And that's all. We've just got to wait. There's power to the weak. Even young folk can stumble. Even older folk can stumble. But God will give us strength. So let me and Pastor I give our translation of the scripture. You heard message, you heard amplified. We're just going to interject some cliches here and we're going to say uh, for those who quote, cool their jets, for those who hold their horses, and, and for those who take a chill pill, you may find your energy. You will find your energy. You have to find your energy. You will find them vigor and vitality in God. You'll get fresh strength as the Message Bible says. So let me tell you one more time our theme today. We just got to wait. That's all. Talk to us, Pastor I. Well, bless the Lord. Uh, we do have to wait and that is all. No two ways about it. But just let me say this morning, my brothers and my sisters, it is just not because of a lack of understanding on our part as to the difficulty of waiting that we talk to you this morning. We are fully aware that uh, uh, about what it is that we are saying and telling you today. We don't lack the sensitivity, nor do we lack the empathy that is needed in this moment to help so many of us to hold on and take a deep breath. 
Uh, but before I go any further uh, along in the in the sermon, uh, will you give us just a minute so we can uh, help you understand the message of the prophet Isaiah in its context? Uh, once we grasp the understanding of the setting, then you are better able to grasp the message of the the the, the message that Isaiah is sending. You see, when Isaiah is speaking, he speaks at a time when it was difficult for the people of Israel. Uh -huh. The people really had become deaf, dumb, and blind to the ways of God. They did all the right stuff, church. Yeah, they did. They, they fasted and they prayed. Uh -huh. They offered sacrifices unto the Lord. Uh -huh. Yeah, they, they went to temple. Church, 
hand of some real oppressors, some real evil, such as we have never seen <coughs> or experienced before. What if God did us like the Israelites had to live in a land for 70 years under rule by people who hate them. The essence of our message this morning is that we have got to learn to steady ourselves and wait on God to carry us through this. Can I tell you that biblically, biblically waiting is not something that we have to do to get what we want. Waiting is a part of a process for what God wants us to be. G. Campbell Morgan once said that waiting for God is not laziness. That doesn't mean you just sit back in your space of do absolutely nothing. Waiting is not just taking a nap and going to sleep. Waiting is for God is not for abandonment of effort. Waiting for God means number one that we we do activity under command. The second part is that we are ready for any new command that comes our way. And thirdly, we have the ability to do nothing until the command is given. Oh God. Well, I, I know, I know, I know people are squirming right now. But Isaiah 40 tells us that there are some advantages. On waiting on him. On waiting to hear from him. And waiting on the blessings. That can only come by his hand. Yes. The word tells us they spread their wings. And soar like eagles. <clears throat> because of all the birds of the, of the birds. That fly in the air. Come on, you all know it. The eagle is considered one of the most beautiful, the most determined, the most courageous, the most brave, the honorable. He's honorable and he's proud and graceful. When you wait on God, we are going to soar like eagles. We heard a voice from an online writer from Tough Nickel that goes by the name of Ian D. Hetry. He says that that eagle has some powerful vision. That his eyes are anywhere from four to eight times more powerful than that of a human. That those eagles are fearless. They are tenacious. Can fly altitudes greater than 10,000 
because of the large wingspan that they have, they can glide through the air using only a little bit of energy. And the eagles are known for how they nurture their young. These are the qualities of such leaders. Like the scripture says, the strong eagle type. Come on, who am I speaking to this morning? They run and they don't get tired. Yes. And they walk and they don't lag behind. Go ahead, Pastor Keith. And so I have a few points to make and then I'll be out of your way. Point number one is the scriptures are telling us that we've got to trust God's power. And nowadays when one fills their gas tank, if you are at the Shell station, they can get something in their tank called V-Power. Uh, or if you go to Exxon, you can still put a tiger in your tank. Uh, and, 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 and if you go and you get the cheap stuff, well, who knows what you're getting? Amen, somebody. I hope there are some witnesses out there somewhere. But if you've got God power, God power, and you wait for him, even if you get faint and even if you get weary and even if you get tired of being sick and tired, you will still be able to regain your strength. Do I have a witness out there in virtual land somewhere? Uh, you see, when we have God power, we know that God can do anything but fail. Listen carefully. God power can lift this pandemic. Only God's power can lift this pandemic. So we have to wait on him. Only God power can turn the world economy around. So we have to wait on him. Only God power can do exceedingly more than we can think or ask. So we have to wait on him. Somebody out there needs to wait on him. That's it and that's all. And that's enough. God's power is, uh, his power is wonderful to behold. Then we got point number two, and that is we got to trust God's process. All right. Pastor, I already told you a little about the process, and, and, and she's already kind of talked about how we there has been a, a lot of talk about what to do in this coronavirus environment. Uh, and they have been talking about many, uh, many remedies uh, uh, and cures and medicines and things to be done to get rid of the coronavirus. Now even we find that the internet is full of ridiculous claims that if you take chewable Clorox, you're going to be all right. Or if you can inject some Lysol disinfectant in your blood, you'll be healed. Even somehow figure out how to put some light in the body some kind of way. That'll heal you as well. We got all kinds of uh, crazy stuff going on. But let me tell you something. We can't hurry, God. We just have to wait. That's it. We can't hurry, God. We just got to wait. Like polio. Like mumps and like measles and rubella and even like chicken pox. God had a process where he allowed the scientists to receive the knowledge and help.
everything he will do for this pandemic. There are this virus, he'll, he'll allow some sort of vaccine or he'll allow some pills or he'll allow some other scientific methods. God will do what God wants to do, but it's a part of his process. Amen, somebody. Uh, the words of a popular song said that God has a way that you can't get over it. God has a way that you can't get under it. God has a way that you can't get around it. You must come in at the door. We got to wait on God's process. Wait on his process. Well, let me just say this, Dr. Brown, just before you come back with our third point. Uh, I just want to interject this uh, 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 until God's process works. Uh, what we have told you as our cliche, it may sound funny, it may sound uh, 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 a little bit like I heard this before, but, but we say this to you, we need to sit down and take a chill pill. What happens when you take a chill pill? That means we just... So that we just cool our nerves, that we just calm ourselves down, that, that we just sit down and, and take a deep breath. Um, you see, that whole idiom about taking a chill pill, uh, it really came uh, around in the 1980s when uh, 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 healthcare uh, people came up with uh, an acronym, an acronym, uh, and you all are familiar, it's called ADHD. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Uh-huh, and, and so many of our children were being diagnosed because guess what? They just couldn't keep still. They were always busy. They were into something all the time. The teacher couldn't control them. They came home and they were jumping off tables, jumping off sofas. They just could not sit down and get themselves together. Yeah. And so this ADHD situation looked like it was out of control. Uh, parents couldn't get any sleep at night. Uh, the teachers couldn't get any, any lessons done in the classroom. Uh, and so they started to come up um, with medication that helped calm down the children so they could think, so they could learn, so they could interact uh, uh, normally, hallelujah to Jesus, with, with, with each other, so that the parents could get some semblance of rest, and so that the household didn't feel like it was always on, so they didn't feel like the inner, you were living with the energized the bunny all the time. So they said, come on baby, take a chill pill, yeah. sit yourself down somewhere, so that you can get in whatever it is that you need to get in to learn, to grow, and to move forward. So we gotta say to each other, adults, uh, 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 children, whomever, that sometimes you have got to take the chill pill. Sometimes you gotta cool your jets. So cool your jets, calm yourself down. Wait on God for an answer. Oh, the answer is not rushing uh, and just make, and opening up every store, every restaurant, and every gym. The answer is going to be waiting on God. And you know what? You better wait on Him. The answer is not rushing the science so we get the needed cure. You see, the thing about the rushing around is that it, it, the rushing matches the culture. The culture in which we live today is a rush around, run around, get it done, microwave.
wave mentality. And so the people have lost the ability to have any patience and wait on anything to come through its natural process. Instead, we want it today. Now, actually, we want it yesterday. We want it quick, fast, and in a hurry. But do you know the God that I serve does not always does not always answer quick and in a hurry. The answer is not rushing the science. The answer is in God. And we better wake on our God. The answer is not coming up with some of these cockamamie schemes and harebrained ideas or these radical processes that won't do us any good. The answer is in God, church. And we better learn to wait on him. Yes, we yes, better yes. wait on him. He can help us to fight this battle. You see, that was the issue when uh, Isaiah, when he saw all that was happening in the land of the people, and God began to speak to him about the judgment that was coming upon the people. But by the time we get to verse number 40, God is saying to Isaiah to tell the people that I'm still with you, I still work wonders, if you wait on me. I'm talking to somebody this morning that needs that needs to sit down in a chair somewhere and calm your nerves. Uh, it's going to be all right after a while. It's going to be all right after a while. We've seen it. We've seen it. Some of you have outlived when polio was uh, uh, something that everybody talked about, but he did it. Uh, he, he helped to eradicate it. He did it with the mumps and measles. He did it with rubella. He did it with smallpox. Nowadays, uh, each of these diseases have been reduced, uh, and so now all we get is a vaccine, uh, a, a shot that can help us uh, from coming down with those illnesses. Ah, you better, you better, you better get a shot. A shot from God that helps you to keep yourself together in this time of trouble. You better, gal, you better grab your Bible and sit down with the word of God in front of you that when Isaiah reminds them, he says he will give power to the weak and strength to the powerless. In the last time I checked, we needed both because we are both weak and we are powerless. Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, Pastor Keith. Come on, Pastor Keith. And give us a little bit more. Give us our third point. So here's point number three. And let me start by talking about some some wise folks. And this point number three tells us that we've got to trust God's providence. Ah. Trust God's providence. You see, much of life, according to this quote, uh, appears mundane at the time. Yet in God's providence, every moment includes significant details arranged by his divine hand. This comes from a man named Dylan Burroughs in uh, a Thirst No More uh, magazine. It comes at a mundane time, but yet in God's providence, every moment includes significant details that are arranged by his divine hand. Well, if that wasn't good enough for you, let us go to the book of Proverbs 16 and 9, where it says, uh -huh. in his heart, uh, yeah. and man plans his course. 
but the Lord determines his steps. Come on and help That's somebody. God's providence. God uh, yeah. is running this show. God is doing his thing. God is enlarging and charging. So we've got to step back and wait on what God has decided to do. Well, Pope Francis decided to get into the act. Back in 2016, he said that God's providence is always one step ahead of us. Oh, that is good news yeah. for somebody. Some of us need God ahead of us. Some of us have got to have God ahead of us. If we didn't have God ahead of us, we'd be a hot mess. Some of us couldn't get our stuff together. But God is always one step of the smartest person, one step of the person who thinks they got it all together, one step ahead of every single thing that we can dream up or we can think of. And because, as the theologian Charles Spurgeon has said, God's providence is nothing more than his goodness in action. God's providence is nothing more than his goodness in action. Yeah, yeah, that's good news this morning. Bless you, bless you, bless you. But we have heard, we have already heard many of our biblical uh, our heroes. Uh, we know of many of our biblical heroes who have already demonstrated that there is trust in the power of God. They have shown us how to trust God in the process and they have shown us about the providence of God. But can I remind you, in case you have a, a loss for, for remembering what God has done. You see, because Hebrews 6 and 15 says, then Abraham waited patiently yes. and he received what God had promised. Yes. He, re he's, he was promised an heir despite his age of he and his wife Sarah. Yes. And then I know you all remember our good buddy Joseph. Uh -huh. Joseph told his brothers, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good yes. to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. You see, he waited on God in the pit, and he waited on God in Potiphar's house. He waited on the Lord in the prison, and he waited on the Lord in the palace, and the Lord blessed him to save many lives through the mind and the work of Joseph. Yes. And let us not forget about Moses, Caleb, and Joshua. They all waited on the Lord in the wilderness in the hope of God's blessed promise. Yes. In Numbers, uh, Numbers 14 and 34, it says that the children of Israel, because your men explore the land for 40 days, you will wander in the wilderness for 40 years, a year for each day suffering the consequences of your sins. These men waited on God for 40 years for a trip through the wilderness that was supposed to be an 11-day journey. I'm telling somebody, you better wait on God. And how, how, how can we forget our good friend Job? You know, whenever our lives get upside down and topsy-turvy, we like to say we must be going through a Job experience. Well, Job waited through his suffering, uh, suffering by his bereavement, uh, suffering by loss of his money, suffering in sickness in his body, uh, depression and everything around him was doom and gloom. But the Bible records in James 5 and 11, 
you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and he is still merciful. Yes. If we wait on him, he will still show us his own compassion and his mercy. I say wait today, church. We say wait today, church, on the Lord and renew your strength through him. Can we tell you that God, you can trust him because he's got God power. Can we remind you that he's got a process and a plan and that his providence, his providence is always ahead of us. Can we all, can we all just remember that we just have to wait? That's all. That's all. That's all. That's all we're trying to tell you this morning. That's all. We've got to wait on Jesus. He will strengthen our hearts, give us the resolve that we need until we get to the other side of this. Hallelujah to his name. Is anybody this morning ready to wait on our God for the outcome, for the end of this situation? He going to work it out in his time and in his way. In the meantime and in between time. Let us be patient. Let us not grow weary. Let us not walk, run, or get tired. But let us depend on Almighty God for everything that we need. And the people of God said, Amen and thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Bless the Lord.